Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. All right, Krishna. <coughs> okay, so well, this is Anutama here. We're doing an online class for Washington, D.C. for the Sunday Feast, doing it on Zoom. for joining us here, and then uh, be recorded and made available for other people who want to hear it later. So I want to thank everybody for, for joining today. Um, for those that don't know, my name is Anutama. I'm the GBC uh, representative for uh, part of the East Coast into the Midwest United States, also some oversight in, in Mayapur, India, and also the Minister of Communications. And I'm going to uh, read this week a couple of verses. The topic that was chosen is dealing with the deadly disease or dealing with deadly disease. Certainly something that the whole world's thinking about these days. So, um, Maybe before before we start, before I read the verse, I actually wanted to kind of stop and take a, a minute and ask everyone here who's online at this time or anybody who listens to it later to just kind of stop and individually take a moment and, and pray to Lord Krishna quietly or softly or silently as you like to help all of those uh, people in our community and beyond our community around the world that are sick. Uh, some people are struggling with and facing very serious financial risk. Uh, I was reading today a lot of people are still separated from their families. There's lockdowns in different parts of the world where people can't get back to their homes. And, of course, special prayer for all those medical practitioners who are putting themselves at risk to to help people who are in need. So let's just take a half a minute or so and, and quietly offer some prayer or silently as you feel uh, feel appropriate. And then together in, in, in asking the Lord to look after them, let's chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra three times as we often use the temple when we're asking for special prayers for others. So Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. So the verse, actually I chose two verses to read uh, to read this week. Um, this is from the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the fifth chapter. This is Narada's instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam. It's a really special and beautiful part of the Bhagavatam, these first few chapters. And the verses that I chose, two verses back to back. One is text 32 and text 33. You'll see in a moment why I chose these verses, very relevant to, to exactly what we're talking about uh, with our topic and what's going on in the world. So I'm not going to read the whole, both purports, but I'll read uh, pretty good parts of the purports. So I'll read the Sanskrit uh, verse first, and then we'll get into uh, reading part of the purport. In fact, what I might do is read, the, read both verses and then come back to the two purports. Let's do that. So this is beginning text 32. 
Etatsam suchitam brahmam tapatraya chikitsitam yadishvare bhagavati karma brahmani bhavitam. So the English translation is, O Brahmana Vyasadeva, it is decided by the learned that the best remedial message, excuse me, measure for removing all troubles and misery is to dedicate one's activities to the service of the Supreme Lord, Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. And text 33, Amayo yaschabhutanam yajate yena suvata tadeva yamayam dravyam napunati chikitsitam Translation here is, O good soul, does not a thing applied therapeutically cure a disease which was caused by that very same thing? So here's the purport from text 32. I'll read about half of this one. Srila Prabhupada writes, Sri Narada Muni personally experienced that the most feasible and practical way to open the path of salvation or get relief from all miseries of life is to hear submissively the transcendental activities of the Lord from the right and bona fide sources. This is the only remedial process. The entire material existence is full of miseries. Foolish people have manufactured out of their tiny brains many remedial measures for removing the threefold miseries pertaining to the body and mind, pertaining to the natural disturbances and in relationship with other living beings. The whole world is struggling very hard to exist out of these miseries, but men do not know that without the sanction of the Lord, no plan or no remedial message can actually bring about the desired peace and tranquility. The remedial measure to cure a patient by medical treatment is useless if it is not sanctioned by the Lord. To cross the river or ocean by a suitable boat is no remedial measure if it is not sanctioned by the Lord. We should know for certain that the Lord is the ultimate sanctioning officer and we must therefore dedicate our attempts to the mercy of the Lord for ultimate success or to get rid of the obstacles on the path of success. The Lord is all-pervading, all-powerful, omniscient, and omnipresent. He is the ultimate sanctioning agent of all good or bad effects. We should therefore learn to dedicate our activities unto the mercy of the Lord and accept him, either as in personal Brahman, localized Paramatma, or the Supreme Personality of God in. Then Prabhupada goes on to say, it doesn't matter what one is, what our position is in life. He says you can be a philosopher, a scientist, a poet, etc. But we should try to use our skills to understand the Lord, connect with the Lord, and uh, <coughs> in this way address the remedial measure. And then <clears throat> here's the purport to the next verse. And it reads, <clears throat> An expert physician treats his patient with a therapeutic diet. For example, milk preparations sometimes cause disorder of the bowels. But the very same milk converted into curd and mixed with some other remedial ingredients cures such disorders. Similarly, the threefold miseries of material existence cannot be mitigated simply by material activities. Such activities have to be spiritualized. Just as by fire, iron is made red hot, 
and thereby the action of fire begins. Similarly, the material conception of a thing is at once changed as soon as it is put into the service of the Lord. That is the secret of spiritual success. We should not try to lord it over the material nature, nor should we reject material things. The best way to make the best use of a bad bargain is to use everything in relation with the supreme spiritual being. Everything is an emanation from the supreme spirit, and by his inconceivable power, he can convert spiritual spirit into matter and matter into spirit. Therefore, material things, so-called, is at once turned into a spiritual force by the great will of the Lord. The necessary condition for such a change is to employ so-called matter in the service of the spirit. That is the way to treat our material diseases and elevate ourselves to the spiritual plane where there is no misery, no lamentation, and no fear. Jai, Shina Prabhupada, Ki Jai. So I'll just offer my obeisances to Prabhupada. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Vishnu Padashtaya Bhutale, Srimati Bhakti Vinanta Swami Tinamani. Namaste, Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pichani Nirasesha, Srinivadi Pashtatari Satari. And I'll chant Jai Shri Krishna, Chaitanya Pramunichananda, Shri Advaita Gradhar Shivasati Gaur Bhaktivinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari So, again, Hare Krishna, thank you for joining. And um, I actually want to kind of start before I get into the text too much. As, as is discussed here, and it's going to be one of the points that I'm, that I'm, that I'm making as we go through, um, not just for the few of us that are here online at this time, but I think it's important. It's a very important point for us to make. In the midst of the coronavirus that's there, uh, sometimes I, I've seen some things uh, online where there was one devotee in Europe was making some, I guess, devotee. Somehow he's linked to a, a devotional circuit, so in that sense, devotee. But he was saying that I don't think this is a serious thing, and I'm going to go walk around my city, and I don't care, and it's not a problem. Um, and even some famous people recently have been saying, you know, no worries, uh, just ignore this thing. I read this one country, Belarus, I just read today, where the president of the country is telling everybody, don't take this seriously. Everyone around him, Russia, other Eastern European countries, Western European countries that are boarding there are all making serious precautions. But this one particular place, he's saying, ignore all the recommendations. But again, even some very, uh, you know, some well-known people are now coming out and saying, very, very sorry that I had not taken this thing seriously in the past. So want to just uh, make that point. Um, as a fellow devotee and a, a, as a GBC member, the communications minister, that uh, we should be taking uh, these precautions seriously. We should do everything that's necessary to keep ourselves healthy and those uh, that are with us, our friends and our, and our family. And I'll, I'll lead into that a little bit more from a philosophical sense as I get going. But it is a reminder to all of us that um, that we should be cautious during these times. So, um, a few points on this topic of uh, dealing with deadly desires. Excuse me, dead, desires can also be deadly, but particularly the topic dealing with deadly diseases. 
So first point, um, we understand from our Vaishnava philosophy, Krishna makes it his first philosophical point in the Gita, second chapter, 13th verse, when at the body, we go through these different changes, boyhood, youth, old age. So we understand we're not the body, but that has to be taken in context because we're not the body, we're the soul within the body, and we should take care of the body. The body itself, our bodies are important. The bodies of others are important. <clears throat> it's not just because we're Vaishnavas, then we, we, we put aside all of our concerns for this world. That's not our philosophy. There are people, there are philosophies that advocate this world is just an illusion. And they may minimize the care for this world and the care for others in this world. That's not the Vaishnava philosophy. Our philosophy is that we, um, we are living within this body, and the body has a sacred purpose. Uh, our acharyas and our shastra, in many ways, are very strong, very heavy in their words, in their condemnation of cultures that overemphasize the body, that, 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 that teach people, put all your energy into trying to make your body more and more beautiful at whatever cost, more and more strong at whatever cost. Try to gratify your senses at whatever cost. This is the purpose of life. Um, our tradition speaks out very strongly against that as, as misusing the human form of life. But speaking against overindulgence in trying to gratify the body doesn't mean we shouldn't misinterpret that to think that it means we shouldn't take care of the body because we absolutely should. The body is a very, very important as described by our acharyas that it's a vehicle for us. We're the consciousness. We're the soul within the body. And this body is, is a tool. It's a wonderful mystical tool sometimes i i just kind of ponder how is it that my fingers even move or my eyelashes blink or even how the food is digested in my stomach i can consciously move my fingers but i'm not so much aware of saying okay brain let's decide move the fingers this way or that way and okay i'm not conscious of how the message is being sent to the fingers i just see them move it happens mystically. And with other functions, like I mentioned, digestion, I don't even know how it happens. I just know I put food in my mouth and somehow or other it's digested and my body gets strength. So it is a miraculous machine and it is described as the vehicle in which we're riding in. And not only is it miraculous and a wonderful vehicle, but it has a sublime purpose, which is particularly in the human form of life, the, the Shastras tell us, the scriptures tell us that in the human form of life, we actually have this extra ability to understand the absolute truth, to understand who I am, where I come from, why am I here, what's my source, where do I go when, this, when I die, is there life after death, is there, is there anyone behind it, is there, is there God, and how do I connect with God? That the human form of life actually gives us the opportunity to, to, to understand these things. And not only that, but to achieve the highest happiness through awakening that understanding. So just like if you have money, in one sense, it's just, uh, these days at least, it's just some paper. Intrinsically, it has hardly any value at all. I'm, I'm reading some notes in front of me. It's a little, you know, torn off piece of eight and a half by 11 inch paper that you buy at the store. It's worth just, uh, you know, fractions of a penny. Doesn't have much value. The same way dollar bills or, or, or euros the paper itself doesn't have much value, but what it allows you to do is tremendously valuable. 
So in the same way, sometimes it's analyzed that the body itself, the elements composed, it's just a few things, a few pounds of various ingredients, but the opportunity created by the body. Okay, I think they muted. Okay, great. Um, so again, so the, the body itself, it's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful vehicle. It's precious to us. It's very, very important. And therefore, we have to take care of it. It's actually a, a service. It's part of our spiritual life. Uh, what to speak of our material needs is actually part of our spiritual life to keep our body healthy. And as an example of this, I was thinking how Srila Prabhupada himself, he demonstrated this great concern about caring for his own uh, disciples' health. Uh, he often would write letters and ask them how they're doing. Sometimes he would Oh, yeah, more people joining that are muted. Whoever comes in, as soon as you come in, if you can mute, that would be much appreciated, or else we hear a lot of background noise. And thanks for coming, but please mute. Hare Krishna. So, um, and Prabhupada, if you, if you look, I was looking yesterday through the Prabhupada letters uh, books, and um, so many of the letters, not everyone, but um, many, 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 many of Prabhupada's letters, he would always sign off, I hope, that this greets you in good health. So he was personally concerned about the health of his disciples. I remember reading, I believe it was in Vishaka's book, about how when Jamuna Devi Dasi, Jamuna Dasi, was ill one time, very ill. I don't remember the details, perhaps it was even malaria, very, very sick. But Prabhupada went into, uh, in, into the quarters, into where the devotees were staying in that part of the building, went personally to see her to make sure that she was okay. He just didn't want to wait and have other devotees report to him how she's doing. He personally went to see her. And also one of my favorite stories from, uh, from Prabhupada in North America was when he was visiting New Vrindavan and there was a darshan held outside in a cool evening in the spring or summer. It was getting colder. And the devotees were gathered around Prabhupada as he was speaking. And Prabhupada noticed that one of the ladies was cold. And he told Kaladri Prabhu, who was the temple president, he said, it's your duty to make sure devotees are cared for, that their health is cared for. And he mentioned, he said, this woman, this young girl, Prabhupada would often say girl, this devotee, she's a Vaishnava. She won't ask for herself, but it's your responsibility to take care of her. So many, many stories about how Prabhupada personally made it a priority to take care of the health of the devotees. And of course, we know himself, he had massage every day. He was quite elderly during his whole uh, preaching experience around the world. The last 11, 12 years of his life, he was elderly and he took necessary steps to make sure that he was uh, was uh, as, as strong and as healthy as he possibly could be for the purpose of, of, of teaching and preaching and serving. So that's the first point I wanted to make, that we should take care of ourselves uh, and take care of our health. It is a priority. It's a part of our philosophy. It's not. Uh, it's not just um, a materialistic conception at all. But it's a spiritual conception that we should take care of ourselves and make sure that we're healthy, and that our family members are healthy. So that's the first of I think three points I'm going to make. So second point, going a little deeper into our philosophy, while the body itself is very useful and it's very important. And it's a blessing and it's a wonderful tool given to us by God. We also have to keep in mind that it is temporary. We see in the world today, there's a sense that maybe if we cure enough diseases and if we create enough ways of people staying young and eat enough vitamins, that someday 
will learn to overcome death. Sometimes there's talk of that, but we know actually that's not a fact and it's not possible. We can cure this pandemic and will likely do so, but there will be others. We can cure this particular disease, but there will be others. We have many medical people in our communities and we know speaking with them and if you do a little any kind of study, simple study at all, they, we cure one disease and then some new one comes. It's just the nature of this world. And ultimately, it's described birth, death, old age, and disease. Those are the concomitant factors. Those are the realities of life in this mature world. Everyone's going to get diseased one way or the other, or many ways. Every one of us is going to get old. Every one of us eventually will die. So therefore, the Shastra explains to us that Knowing this, we should seek solutions to these bigger problems. We should, we should seek solutions to these problems, um, not just in the way of addressing how do we cure this disease or that disease, although I mentioned that's also important, needs to be done, but to look at the bigger picture. And therefore, Atato Brahma Jignasa is described in the Vedanta Sutra, the first shloka there, that having acquired this human form of life, it's time to look into an overall solution to the problem. So while the body's very important, the final ultimate cure or solution or remedial measure as described in this verse is not just to, to cure the temporary miseries that come and go to this body that eventually will be overtaken when it comes to its end, but we should not look for material solutions we should address those, but ultimately we should look for a solution of a different kind, something that's, uh, that actually addresses the underlying source of the problem, which is our lack of connection with our spiritual nature. And it reminds me of a story I often tell of the man who uh, came home, uh, or the wife came home from, from, from uh, one evening and found her husband uh, out in the street uh, looking for something, and and she went out to help him and said, "What are you looking for? What did you lose here in the in the street?" He said, "I I lost my keys and I can't find them." And she said, "Well, where exactly do you think you lost them?" And he said, "Well, I'm pretty sure I dropped them over there in the driveway." And she was a little confused. She said, well, "If you think you lost them in the driveway, why are you looking for your keys out here in the street?" And he said, well, there's a street light here. It's a lot easier to see. So I'm looking in this area. So in a similar way, there are deep challenges in this human form of life. Ultimately, you know, birth, death, old age, and disease, and so many other problems that come. We tend to look for easy solutions, and we don't want to look for the deeper solutions, for the underlying solutions. We don't look where the real solutions lie. And that's explained in our Shastra that we need a, a deeper spiritual solution. So point number two, like to keep us in mind here, ultimately we can't really cure or solve disease in this material world uh, with solutions that are within the material realm. We need a deeper solution. So the third point, and here I think we begin to really scratch the surface of the beauty of the Vaishnava philosophy where it comes into bear and i read again the two verses i read today o brahmana vyasadeva it is decided 
by the learned that the best remedial measure for removing all troubles and miseries is to dedicate one's activities to the service of the Supreme Lord, Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. And then text 33, O good soul, does not a thing applied therapeutically cure a disease which was caused by that very same thing? So, in our Vaishnava philosophy, and the Bhagavatam here is spelling it out for us very clearly, the best remedial measure for all of the difficulties we face. Right now, this pandemic is 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 getting all of our attention, and the financial impacts of it. That and, and the, 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 all the different effects it, it could last. This big discussion, debate, concern, worry. Is this going to continue for a month? Is it going to continue for two months? Is it going to continue for six months? When, it, when is the curve going to be flattened? And we know the nature of this world. The curve will be flattened. There's going to be tremendous cost and pain for a lot of people, a lot of death. Eventually, this problem will go away. But then... Another problem will come up, whether it's a financial problem for us or an emotional problem for us. Uh, some of us, uh, some people in the world are probably going to get through this uh, crisis without losing their job. Everything's going to settle down. And a month later, they're still going to lose their job. Or they may get through this difficult without losing their house. But still, it doesn't mean in the future there won't be fires that causes house to burn down or other kinds of accidents. So there's always one problem after another coming, coming, coming. Therefore, the Shastra is explaining to us that we really need to look for what's the underlying solution. And that is explained here by reawakening, connecting with, and understanding our relationship with Krishna. So Vaishnavism, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful philosophical understanding. Uh, I remember <laughs> as a young person, we would often hear the, the little mantra, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. But I remember when I turned 18 and I had full freedom to eat, drink, and be merry, I observed the more people ate, drank, and tried to be merry, the more miserable they seemed to be. And that caused me to stop and question things a little deeper sense, which eventually uh, led me to uh, to become a devotee. So Vaishnavism, it's, it's, we don't say enjoy this world. Even sometimes religious people say, yes, God has given in this world, so enjoy it like anything. It's his, it's his blessing. <clears throat> but then thoughtful people and, and Vaishnavas among them will say, well, if it's God's blessing on us, why is there so much difficulty? God either is a lousy designer, he's not a very nice person, he or she perhaps, not a very nice person. Why did he design such a, a broken system? Um, other people, of course, will say there is no God. There is no reason. Just try to enjoy life. Other people become bitter and frustrated. Prophet outlines this in the fourth chapter, I think 11th verse of Bhagavad Gita in his purport, that many, many people become frustrated with material life. They're trying to become happy. They're thinking if I just get more money and more influence, if I can just be a little prettier, if I can just get a better car, if I can become a little stronger, if I had a few more friends, if I can get a little better job, then everything would be okay. And they go on, as Prahlad Maharaj describes, chewing the chewed, you know, like chewing, chewing some, some sugar cane or in, in our maybe more modern context, chewing some, some gum and it loses its flavor. So you spit it out. But after a few minutes later, you think, well, actually, maybe there was still some flavor left. So we chew it again and again and again. 
So this is going on and on and on, these different ideas. And other people say, no, just completely reject the world. As I mentioned, fourth chapter probably describes people become frustrated, just want to give up the world completely and void out. They want to become nothing or they, or they, they try to completely separate themselves uh, from other people out, out of the pain, really. So the Vaishnava philosophy is so beautiful because it wonderfully explains to us, no, actually, there is a wonderful person a beautiful person, the all-loving person, Lord Sri Krishna is behind everything. And yes, this world is a gift. He has given it to us. We can enjoy ourselves while we're here. We have these bodies. We should gratify the body, as Prabhupada says, enough to keep the body and soul together. We don't deny the bodies. We don't deny the world. But we understand they have a purpose. And we want to use the world and its purposes for our ultimate benefit and for the benefit of others. So Vaishnava philosophy says, yes, we have this body. Take it care, take care for it. If there's disease like the world is facing now, yes, fight for it with every means possible. And know that we need a deeper solution, an ultimate solution. And how do we do that? That's what's described in the verses I read today, that by reconnecting with God, we first of all become in this life more peaceful because we begin to experience a higher pleasure by the process of chanting and other process of devotion. Our minds become more calm. They're not just racing from here and there thinking, oh, I should have done this. Why didn't I do that? As it's described, hankering for something, lamenting for something we've lost. Gradually, our mind becomes more and more peaceful. And along with that, we become more tolerant. Other people and things that happen to us, well, they don't disturb us so much. I was in downtown Washington, D.C., Oh, about two months ago, and I was walking down the street. It was kind of a pleasant afternoon, and I came across two cars at a corner. I don't know what happened. I came a little late, but one person was outside their car with the door open, kind of standing up, screaming at somebody else because apparently they didn't like the way they walked across the road or they thought they stopped too soon or, or stopped too late. There was no accident. No one was hurt, but this person was so disturbed, he had to jump out of his car and start screaming at people. As we become a little spiritually aware, all these things don't bother us so much. We see them all in the greater context. We begin to feel more grateful and more affectionate for the things that we have. We begin to understand that, yeah, it's a difficult world, it's a difficult place, but there are so many gifts that have been given to us by Krishna. As I mentioned earlier, I didn't even know how I digest my food. That's a gift from Krishna. I don't know where the air comes from. I know if I don't have air for two minutes or so that I die. But somehow or other, miraculously, this universe has created the oxygen to keep me alive. We become more loving towards other people in this very life because we begin to see these aren't strangers. I was out the other day. I was walking by somebody. I was kind of waiting for them to look up so I could say hi. And they just kept going with their, maybe in part because they're concerned about the coronavirus. But we were on distance. And it was reasonable to be able to wave at each other. But it was kind of like they didn't want to recognize I was there. But as a devotee, we start realizing, I actually have a connection with every single person on the planet. This woman or this man walking down the street, we're actually brothers and sisters because we have the same supreme parents. Radha and Krishna are there. Krishna's Paramatma is in the heart of everyone. And they're an eternal soul of uh, part and parcel of Krishna. And they're actually meant to be eternally happy. Isn't that wonderful? What a beautiful opportunity this is. 
And even in a practical way, as, as devotees, um, I was watching one video out of Mayapur, and they were explaining how, I think in the uh, uh, one of our Vaishnava uh, Shastras, described how you, you should clean your you clean your hands nicely, given a demonstration that, you know, 16 different movements of and it interestingly enough took about 20 seconds which is what they're advising everyone does now as we all know to keep ourselves healthy and clean and wash your hands regularly so even very practical things like this in a in a, in a wonderful way in a day-to-day -day way the Vaishnava philosophy benefits our life as we go through it our families become more peaceful our relationships become more peaceful it doesn't mean all the problems go away but we gain strength how to deal with the challenges that face us. In addition to that, as described in this verse, by reconnecting with Krishna, when this life is over, we go back to be with Krishna forever, eternally, in the spiritual realm where there is no more disease, no more death, no more old age, no more rebirth. So Vaishnavism is so wonderfully practical because by applying it, our lives become improved in so many ways. We become in our own small, humble ways, examples for others. And we can share this knowledge with others, how they can improve their life. And at the end, we get to go back to Krishna in our original spiritual relationship. So how do we do all this? Through the process of bhakti, we can learn to connect with Krishna. Of course, there's many, many different religious traditions and spiritual practices around the world of various in, uh, potencies. Uh, some are more indirect, some are more direct. We particularly advocate bhakti because that's what Krishna says. He says, ultimately, if you surrender to me, this is the best and most direct process. So we're advocating that. We're trying to take advantage of that. And how does it work? As explained here, everything in this world that oftentimes people use in a way that they forget God, they forget their spiritual identity, they forget that they we're all servants of the Lord and servants of one another, and be, they become caught up with the sense of I'm a separate enjoyer, a separate controller from him, whether it's the work or family or the body or the different cultural things. Those same things, so this wonderful process of bhakti, working can become a means to connect with Krishna. Our desires become a method of spiritual progress. The body, as I mentioned several times, is an instrument for us to make spiritual advancement. Music, we can listen to beautiful, uplifting music that actually awakens us spiritually. And in this way, the same thing as is described here, probably gives example in this purport, that sometimes if you eat too many milk products, your digestive system can become diseased. But if you take yogurt mixed with some other things, that same milk transformed into yogurt cures the disease. So in the same way, things of this world that often lead to our becoming more ignorant or more forgetful of our spiritual identity, we can, through the process of bhakti yoga, through the process of Krishna consciousness, we can spiritualize those very same things. So the very same milk that cause the disease can be transformed to cure the disease. The very same attraction for music, materialistic sounds that may actually degrade us, that this very same tendency to be attracted to music can become purified and become an, an instrument of purifying us. Food can become an instrument of purifying us. Friendships become instruments of purifying us. And in this way, by the process of bhakti, 
we can hear, we can chant, we can associate with devotees, we can render service, we can spiritualize our homes, we can put pictures of Krishna. I'm sitting looking at a picture of Kaliya Krishna, the Lord, how he's dancing on the uh, on the Kaliya snake. It's a wonderful reminder for me that no matter how turbulent the waters of the world may be, and the river Jamuna looks very turbulent in this painting, but Krishna's just there. He's riding out the storm. He's in complete control. In the same way, he's there for all of us. So let's wrap it up, and then we'll see if there's a way to take questions here. Um, the verse explains that our, our spiritual life, um, with this an analogy that's so relevant to, to today, the whole world is, is so much concerned about this deadly disease. So in the ultimate sense, there is a, a most deadly disease, which is that which causes us to forget our relationship with Krishna. And we're very, very fortunate that this wonderful opportunity to connect with Krishna is there. And we can practically experience that, how our lives can become more peaceful and more happy and more appreciative by becoming Krishna conscious. Three points we made here. Please, yourselves and your friends and your family and everybody you connect to through social media and every other ways that's available to you today, we have to take this current question seriously. It's explained that debt, disease, and fire, those three things have to be dealt with immediately. Just like if I'm sitting here, although it's important that I'm with all of you, if a fire broke out in the room behind me, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to ignore that. Let me continue talking. No, I put everything aside and I put out the fire. So in the same way, as much as possible, we should proactively address issues such as disease, make sure we keep ourselves as healthy as possible. There's so many government reminders and health organizations are sending out reminders how we should socially distance, how we should walk our, wash our hands regularly, work from home, etc. So many things are there. We all know these things. We should take them seriously. As Vaishnavas, we do practical things. That's the first point. Take care of the body. Second thing, again, summarizing here, we also remember ultimately the body is temporary. Ultimately, it will be overcome by the law of the mutual nature. We can't stay here forever. And we should avoid the illusion, the misuse of our energy as the society of not so consumed by being too temporal pleasures. And the third and most important point, because it's the ultimate solution, the greatest solution, the remedial measure for all of us, is to use what time we have available whenever we can to connect with Krishna, to awaken our love for Krishna, to awaken our connection to other living beings through Krishna, through devotion. And in this way, the challenges that we do face in this world will be minimized and we'll experience, a, as, as, as Prabhupada said, I love this one reference, he said, just become Krishna conscious and enjoy life with a thrill at every moment. So in these times, of course, many people are facing very serious problems. We don't want to minimize those. And at the same time, we know we can feel solace, we can feel safety, we can feel security in our relationship with Krishna as we awaken that. So there's about, typically in the temple, they allow a, a full hour for this, which will leave about uh, 15 or 20 minutes for questions. I know Brajmihari Prabhu is also with this. I see his name on the screen. Brajmihari, I'll just ask for questions, and then if anybody, anybody has any or comments, of course, are, are also welcome. Yeah. And they just they can uh, unmute themselves and, and share their comment. I would just ask everybody maybe to be brief. Any other recommendations or guidelines no. you'd you no, exactly serve, uh, questions or comments? They just have to go uh, unmute to ask them or okay. make their comment. 
Okay, so we'll, we'll open it there if anybody has any questions or comments. Or to formulate a question, sure, take, take some time. While people are thinking, can I add, I'll add one more comment, Brett Bihar, is that okay? I don't know if you can see this. This is sure. a, 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 a photo of Rana Govinda, who are the deities at the temple where I first joined in Denver in the mid-70s. I have this on my wall, and there's a beautiful quote from Prabhupada. It's just uh, one long sentence, two sentences, so I'll read it to everybody. It's in, in the spirit while you're thinking of questions. Prabhupada says, when we become convinced that Krishna is our ultimate friend and protector, how happy and peaceful we will be. Just be in love with Krishna. Then you will see how much tranquility you will feel, how you are protected by Krishna, how you avoid insufficiency, how you become pure, and how you make success in spiritual life. Thank you very much. Jai Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. So any questions or comments? Prajbihar, if there's no questions, should we wrap it up here? We can do that. We can do that. Okay. I can just end, I'll reread the, um, unless somebody comes on. And if, if anybody was trying to ask a question, you're not sure why we didn't hear you, maybe you're still muted. So go ahead and take your mute off. Um, oh, let's see. Somebody, I'm getting a private question here. Maybe, maybe a question. Okay, just, I can, great. Here's a question sent to me through the chat. Um, Hare Krishna, what do you do when people still act in ignorance and act with inflated egos, even in these trying times? That's an interesting question. I was thinking the same thing when I saw this little video interview with, with someone who was saying, you know, I don't care about this. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go on the public and, and, and like that. Um, I think the first thing is just ourselves be sure that we're careful. We're doing everything that we possibly can. Again, knowing ultimately depends upon Krishna. Ultimately, the world is a temporary place, but still in the here and now, we do everything we possibly can for ourselves and for the people that we have some, uh, some influence over, you know, our children or our friends or our family members. So that's the first thing. Now, if there's other people that may be a little distant to us, but aren't taking, let's say, in the immediate context, the coronavirus seriously, we should, in a humble way, in a, in a firm, in a loving way, as best we possibly can, share with them, no, this is, this is serious. And oftentimes it helps to tell people, I'm not telling you or asking you to do this because I'm uh, thinking I know more than you or because I'm, I'm smarter than you or I'm just trying to order you, but because I care for you. And I'm concerned about you, and I love you, and I want to make sure you take care of yourself. And those, those words can really sometimes penetrate uh, one's ego. I think the same thing holds true in terms of, of spiritual life, looking at the broader picture of it. Um, sometimes people are very um, resistant to spiritual understanding for various reasons. But we should uh, reach out to them with compassion. And if people don't want to hear, that's okay. We can still be their friend. And we can, we can do wonderfully nice little things like invite them to our home and share prasadam with them or bring prasadam to them. 
or uh, somehow, uh, you know, give them, a, somehow put them in touch with Krishna, just like devotees go in Harinam. And some people appreciate it, some people don't. But we don't go in Harinam in public for ourselves. It certainly benefits ourselves. We go for others. So in a similar way, we can try to touch people, try to somehow engage them, connect them with Krishna in one way or the other, and be a little patient. And I'll end this question with this comment. I read a letter recently from Prabhupada, and he was speaking to someone who was complaining to him, Prabhupada, I have to tolerate all these people. They're so difficult. How do I do it? And Prabhupada gave some advice, and then he said, and please try to tolerate them the same way I tolerate you. I thought was very uh, pointed and that's a good one. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> Please try to tolerate them the same way I'm tolerating you. For the devotees at the temple, uh, how are they doing? How are they holding up? Uh, Bihari, why don't you respond to that since you are the spouse of the temple president, and I'm I'm holed up in my home uh, about thirty miles north. One second, can you answer that, David? Um, can you hear me? Ananda's going to answer that one. Okay, great. All right, Krishna, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Haribo, Ananda Vrindavan. Thank you for the inquiry. By the Lord's grace, we're all doing well. Uh, nobody is ill at the temple, um, and we've been able to maintain the deity's daily services. We're just cooking for the deities and uh, for the homeless shelters, which we are delivering once a week to them. And they're grateful for that. Um, we still have a small number of devotees coming in to help with deities and kitchen, but most are staying home, and uh, that's okay. We're, 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 we've all just been able to manage. And, um, yeah, uh, Krishna's mercy all around. Uh, the flower, we've been told we'll get less flowers um, from our flower supplier. Um, but so far, so good. Um, Ram Nomi, we, we, and we're still open to the, for the public for Darshan only. We don't have a lot of people coming in. Um, uh, for Ram Nomi, we'll do an Abhishek at 11 a.m. on April 2nd. That's Thursday. Uh, it won't be advertised widely, but we'll have it on Facebook Live and our webcam. And we'll do it on behalf of everybody. If, if, if devotees do show up, we'll, We'll follow the not more than 10 people allowed in the temple room. And with that, we will allow people to come in just for darshan and, and kind of keep moving. And we'll have some boxed prasadam outside at a table, just some ma prasad. So that's the plan. Right. I'm sure you'll be telling everybody to stay six feet apart also. Yes, yes, yes. And we, um, you know, throughout the day at different times, disinfect the various um, areas, temple room, kitchen, prasadam room. Uh, we don't serve any prasad right now, um, so, but we, we try to maintain and encourage, have some sanitizers there for people to wash their hands as well. So just trying to do the best we can from our side, keep everybody safe and keep Krishna happy. <laughs> Thank you, Ananda. Haribo. Haribo Prabhu. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, nothing else. Thank you. Thank oh, I you thought you had a <laughs> Other questions, comments?
If not, I can just end with something kind of humorous I saw today. Um, <clears throat> you know, we all know because people, so, so many of us are staying home all the time, or even those that are going out, they're minimizing the time out, spending a lot more time at home. And, and a lot of time as we are here uh, connecting on social media and Zoom and Skype and all of those things. So as we're hearing, there's a big increase in, in Amazon and online purchasing and this and that. And I read today that the clothing manufacturers that are selling their products online are seeing a, a, a huge boom in sales of shirts and blouses and pants and skirts are not selling so many because everybody's sitting in front of the screen where you can only see the top. So they're all dressing very nicely, the top half, and they're not spending their money on the bottom half at this time. So I thought that was kind of a funny adaption to the current, <laughs> the current situation. Okay, so, so we can end there. Thank you all for tuning in. Stay healthy, please. Be cautious and encourage your friends to do the same. And if you do hear of anybody anywhere who who's saying something to the effect of, well, I'm a devotee, uh, I don't take these things seriously, or even if they're a, a non-devotee, they say I'm not taking these things seriously, please, you know, do reach out and try and encourage them. No, 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 this is a serious thing. Uh, they should be cautious. They should protect themselves. And of course, as we discussed here at the same time, uh, not forget to be looking for the deeper, uh, longer-term spiritual solutions to everything. So thank you very much. We'll end here. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to all of you. All glories to Shishirada Madam Mahan. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.